Thank you for tuning in to Uncommon Women, a podcast that provides a platform for women of all walks of life to share their upbringings, life lessons learned, experiences, and journeys to come. Uncommon Women speaks on topics that can relate to all women. We share, we listen, we laugh, we cry, and we empower each other to be the best uncommon woman that they can be. Ultimately, we are cultivating a global movement of women supporting women. Women supporting entrepreneurship, relationships, self-love, and so much more. We inspire each other to make an impact on this world for the better. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Uncommon Women. Now, finally, grab a seat, get comfortable, and hear from your wonderful host, Shanira and Jenny Lee. Thank you, kings and queens, for tuning in to Uncommon Women. I'm Shanira. And I'm Jenny Lee. And today we have an amazing guest speaker that's going to come on and educate us. Uh, we have Sue Henry that's going to actually educate us on how to avoid um, from being burned out from working and, you know, multitasking, being a mom and just doing more than one thing uh, without actually just running on eight. <laughs> so mm -hmm. before we actually get into today's topic, uh, Jenny Lee is going to share a little bit about Sue Henry. Sue Henry is a business coach and number one New York Times bestseller. As life can get pretty busy, she helps women unleash and modernize modernize their inner celebrity. She will be speaking on how to avoid experiencing a burnout. <laughs> so thank you, Sue, so much for coming on to uh, our episode today. And viewers, anyone that has any questions or um, any concerns they want to do, you're more than welcome to just drop it down in the comments. Uh, so before we get into today's topic, uh, Sue, can you tell us a little bit about your life and how was it growing up? You know, it's interesting. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and um, it and it wasn't what you would call a great experience. Apparently, I wasn't a very nice child. And and by the and I was bullied quite a bit in school, although that's not what we called it way back in the day. One of the things that I distinctly remember is in third grade, the kids would always tell me I was so ugly that if I came to school on school mm -hmm. pictures, I would run this, the pictures because at that time we didn't have individual pictures. We had one school picture with the entire class. Wow. And, and so I had been hearing about how ugly I was and stupid I was and everything for ever since I could, I could remember, not from my parents, but from everyone else. And I just decided at that moment that I was so ugly, I wasn't going to ruin their day and their picture. So from that time forward, mm -hmm. I played hooky on those days. And, mm -hmm. and they would always tell me, you know, you're so ugly, nobody's going to ever want to marry you. And, and you might think, well, you know, let it bounce off, you know, let it bounce off. But when you hear something often enough, it's, it's easy to start believing it. And then when you believe that, that's how you behave. Well, when I when we got to be just after sixth grade, uh, my parents decided that they were going to move us from the um, suburbs of Chicago to a farm in Minnesota, a state we hadn't even studied in geography. So here we were in the middle of nowhere. And I remember thinking that, you know, this is my chance. I, I can't change how I look. But maybe because I have a new chance and nobody knows me, maybe if I work really hard 
to develop a, a good personality. Eventually, they'll see that personality and, and they'll forget about how ugly I am. And the only reason I thought that way was because back when in the third grade, when 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 I was having all this trouble, when they had convinced me I was such a despicable human being, I remember one night crying in my bed, all by myself in the, in my little bed, and and I and asking God why He made someone as despicable as me. What could be the purpose of making somebody so horrible, so despicable, so ugly? What what could come out of that? I didn't understand. And that night as I was sleeping, I, I remember it was like it happened last night. I felt these warm arms wrap around me mm. and hold me in his lap. And I know it was a, a man, and I just felt peace and love mm. and acceptance like I'd never felt it before. And, and he told me, he said, everything you're going through now will have a purpose that someday you will see, but it's important you go through it now. But know that you are loved. Know that you are beautiful. And know that someday mm. you'll understand why you had to go through this. And so, and so when I got mm. that seventh grade, I, it was because of that experience with, with God, Jesus, whatever it, it was, it was so incredibly profound as an experience is that I made that, that conscious decision at such a weird age that I was going to become this person. Now, obviously we didn't have the internet. We didn't have TikTok or Instagram or, or YouTube. Right. You know, I watched all this kind of stuff, you know I mean? world, but, but I consciously sat down, I set out to do that. And and slowly but surely I learned and I started mastering a few skills, the skill of conversation, the skill of listening, the skill mm. of holding my tongue and not talking when maybe something that was would be hurtful that would come out because I had been hurt so much. That was my first response. And it was remarkable. And then all of a sudden, when I was in like 11th grade, 10th grade or something like that, our school now, you have to remember, we moved from Chicago land to this little town where there were 70 children, or 70 kids in my in my um, graduating class. Wow. Kind of a, That's small. And so we're in this auditorium. So the auditorium was such that all the kids from grade seventh through twelfth, we were all in the same building because there weren't that many kids. And wow. I remember there was a speaker. And the speaker, I don't remember what he talked about. All I know is that he was riveting. And the story mm. pulled you in. And you were so emotionally engaged. Even the eighth grade boys sat still. And I remember oh, that moment. That's a real record. It was one of those profiles. Wait a minute, they're saying <laughs> And I remember that moment that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a speaker. I wanted to be able to impact lives. And so that's, so that's, you know, you go to your guidance. I don't know if they do that anymore, but went to my guidance counselor. This is what I want to do. And he just rolled his eyes and said, you need to be a secretary, a nurse, or a teacher. Well, you know, I'm old, you know. So anyway, that was. That You're was seasoned. My- yeah, you're seasoned. I'm, I'm seasoned. seasoned. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, so that began my journey because when that man, when my counselor said, you can't do that, I, my first thought was, you want to bet? Watch me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, 
from there, I had the opportunity to, um, when I was in high school and a senior in high school, you guys don't remember this, but back in the day, none of the food had labels that you could read with expiration dates. So I was a part of a study that, um, a nationwide study where you took the baby food jars and there was a code on it and they gave us the different, the codes, and then it would decipher what the how when the expiration date was and mm -hmm. i was surprised number one at how many were expired number two i was sitting there in the store <laughs> a woman comes in unscrews the lid puts her finger in licks it goes like this puts the lid on and puts it back on the shelf seriously no, no. Seriously. oh my goodness no we've got a long way baby so <laughs> <laughs> Six people, six seniors chosen from the U.S. to go to the Biltmore Hotel in Los Angeles, California, and share our findings. And I practiced, and I bought shoes and a mini dress that would make Marsha Green just so jealous. And, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I got up there, and I delivered this incredible, I did an awesome job, and I'm thinking, I'm there. I've arrived at the ripe old age of 18. I've arrived. And then they put the chairs along the stage, and so our backs were to the audience so that mm -hmm. they could go back in the curtain and get a picture of us with the audience in the back. Well, Grace has never been my middle name. And I said, <laughs> went over, and then the rest of the chair, and then I went over and dropped about four feet down on the on the ground or the floor. And of course, everybody rushes up. Are you okay? Are you okay? wanted to die i wow. was so nervous. and the only thing i could think of to say was did my underwear show of course that was the end of my illustrious speaking career for about 20 years wow but oh, wow. those are the things that shaped me mm -hmm. difference mm -hmm. that allowed me to go from where i was and uh, going through a divorce, you know, where being left for another woman was actually the nicest thing he ever did for me. And then um, and, and having kids in a blended family, meeting my husband on a blind date and getting married. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. And, and having more children that we hadn't anticipated. Whoops, God speaking again. <laughs> and so here I was with this. So, so now to fast forward, here I am with six kids. Mm. Is hers and mine situation, married to a farmer who's always actively working. He has never once ever tried to quelch or hold down on my entrepreneurial spirit. And I had the opportunity. I, I took a position and it was just kind of a low, low line kind of position. But um, I had a gift. I had a knack. And the, yes. the franchise owner saw that. And so I started mm -hmm. thinking more and I found that the the what i was able to share um the workshops i was able to to come up with were so powerful that we were having it was a membership organization we're having like a 50 percent closing ratio which was unheard of and so all of a sudden i'm being asked to speak on national stages international stages yes. you know that's amazing yes and that was how it went and every time i was still scared i never wore high heels on the stage again. <laughs> <laughs> But 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 here's here's what happens then. You go through all that and then what's next? Mm -hmm. So so I know you've got a couple of other questions, but I think that might, you know, there's the highs and the lows. Right. And then there's the highs again. And it's about taking 
what life has given you. And instead of saying, why me? It's about what can I learn from this? Or how, if something isn't working, not, oh, that's not working. It's like, what can I do differently so that it works? Make it work. And mm. it's when I'm listening, when I'm praying and asking for answers, it's finishing that pr prayer by saying, and please help me recognize the answer when it comes. Because so often it comes in a way that we don't anticipate. Right. That's amazing. And I love how, even though you took a break, um, from speaking because you said 20 years, you still went back to it. You you remember that that story, that childhood story that was planted in you and it it actually still pushed you in regards to what you wanted to do. And now you're you're doing it. You're on top of the world and you're not listening to what the counselor had told you to do. Um, so I love that. So how do you with six kids, how do you manage, you know, life, work, coaching? and things like that. How do you manage everything without being overwhelmed? I really organized. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, seriously. So what we would do is once a, once a month, I would make up all my meals for the freezer for the dinner. So I should have had it. So we had, um, you know, so we had crock pots that had, that had a certain size at that time. They had the bigger round ones. I don't know if they still do. Well, an ice cream bucket fit perfectly in there. Mm. So I would make up, I would make up uh, maybe a couple of stew recipes or a couple of chili things in a great big, like what you cook turkeys in. I would mm -hmm. make it there and then I could divide it. So I would put the Ziploc bag in the, mm -hmm. in the ice cream thing, pour in my chili, freeze it take it out, label it, and then put the next one in there. And what would happen is then you, all you have to do is rinse water around the outside, put it right in there, turn the crap pot on, ta-da. Then, then the other thing was is that we I used a lot of foil pans. Yeah, I'm sure I'm going to get haters from the event. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I used a lot of foil pans, and not all of them could be reused when we were done. But then we would wrap it in foil. So I might cook five pounds of ground beef at one time and then make five different recipes with that. And then we would put it in, I like to use the flatter containers. And then in magic marker, I would write the, that the, what yeah. it was and the directions on top. And then we would have them in the freezer. So then I also had, so I, so I had a rotating mem menu, an eight week rotating menu. And so then I always, I, on my menu, I should have had them out so I could show you. So then I, <laughs> I had the cookbook and then the page that the recipe I wanted was on. And then I had a correlating, <laughs> I just laughed. I had a correlating um, grocery list. So my goal was to only go to the grocery store once every two weeks. Because first of all, if you run out of one thing, um, you don't go to the grocery store and just You'll start buying more stuff, right? Yep, yep. It's <laughs> true. It's you know, true. My, my little local store, because we live rural, my little local store would charge like three times the amount for something. Where if I oh, drove wow. to go into Rochester to the bigger stores, you know, but then you're looking at a lot more time on everything. Right. Like that. And so yeah. counterbalance. So we had so we had our family menus and our, our favorites. And then we had days where, you know, we knew that, you know, like Wednesday nights were always the really, really hectic night. So that was just, you know, something more like, you know, um, man witches or something of that mm -hmm. nature. Then I also had a bunch of meals. So I don't know if you know this, but spaghetti, if you make spaghetti and you have the sauce and the meat with it, and then you put it in Ziploc bags. So I would put one cup in a Ziploc bag and freeze it. And then the kids could take that out, put it on a plate. Then that's one serving for 
their meal. So if they were, you know, so if when we're all going crazy, especially when you got kids in sports and stuff, then they were right. still something that was decent. We weren't going through a drive-through like there were any around. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, it just it just made it a lot easier. But but that way I could control how much I spent on groceries. Right kind of control what we were eating. I would look at what we're going to eat tonight. I could take it out and put it, you could preset your oven because your oven is so well insulated. Yeah. It's not going to thaw, but you could, most ovens you can preset. My kids learned how to do that. You know, okay. at the age of 10, my kids started doing their own laundry. And it wasn't mm -hmm. because I thought, oh, at the age of 10, they're going to do their laundry. It was because I got really tired of the girls telling telling them, clean up your room. And then all the clothes that they didn't put away and they never wore. On the floor. Laundry. Yeah. We ended up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go through that right now. <laughs> we had an argument all the time about towels. Towels. Oh, and my God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so for Christmas, what we did was every kid got their own color towels and th they didn't really like it as a gift but they got other stuff and then, <laughs> and then um they tried to go by their favorite color but they got two great big bath towels a hand towel and two washcloths and since they had to do their own laundry it was up to them then to also take stuff. Mm -hmm. and yeah. when the towel is dirty well you should have washed and rinsed when you That's were right. the shower. and so all of the stuff it was like well this isn't you know my clothes aren't clean i've got to wear this for school tomorrow well what are you going to do how are you going how are you going to make this happen <laughs> i like that yeah you know? or uh -huh. when when they would come to me with stupid things that they knew that they couldn't do and mm -hmm. half the time they had the phone so that their friends they would think that i would be intimidated because they're friends and so i would just say you know, I'm not really comfortable with that. How can you tweak it so we're both comfortable? Mm. I didn't say no, so they couldn't rebel against it. And I found when I had a team of 16 when I was a speaker and I was and when I was going all over speaking and training them to do the same thing, guess what? They'd say, well, what about this? You know, I'm not really comfortable. I mean, it was just a dumb idea, but I get, but you don't want to shut people down either, including your kids or coworkers. Mm -hmm. or just saying, you know, I'm not really comfortable with that. How would you tweak it so we could both be comfortable knowing what we want the end result to be? Mm. Make something yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's not like this is a dumb idea. It's well, how can we tweak it? Or do you really have the end result in mind? Is that mm. the best thing? Because everybody's right. got different ways to do it. Yeah. I don't if your kids washing your dishes, kids loading a dishwasher, uh, what whatever it is, you know. And so it's about allowing them the flexibility and, and being individuals and doing it their way without having to be that that manager mm -hmm. and still keeping your eye on what the end result needs to be. Mm, okay. Mm, I like that. So do I. Can you speak on how how can you help others in ways to work to avoid work burnout? I think I think there's a few things. I think that first of all, most of the I think first of all, I'm gonna go on record saying this. I okay. think that salaried positions are the worst thing to ever happen to women and men because employers or managers can dump more and more crap on them and create all that stress on them. Nope. And yet they don't get paid. And, no pay. mm -hmm. and, it, and it just, and it eats at their soul. So, you know, 
my first suggestion is have a plan B. If you're working for somebody else, I get it. Not everybody can just step into being self-employed, but have a plan B. What, what can you be growing? If you can work for somebody else 40 or 50 hours a week, can't you work for yourself for two hours a week and build something? The second Hmm. thing. Hard button. Yeah. So, so the other (laughs) thing is that celebrate the things you're doing well and the things that you've accomplished, get attached to the activity not the outcome because the activity is what builds the habit and the habits are what eventually bring us results. Mm-hmm. And often we beat ourselves up for the decision somebody else made when we never had the ability to make that decision. Anyway, that was out of our control. Why mm-hmm. not instead berate? If we're going to berate ourselves, let's berate ourselves for, for the activities that we actually have control over and maybe we didn't do. But if we didn't do something, why? I I don't believe in balance. I don't believe there's any such thing. And, and think about it for a minute. When you ever look at a tightrope walker or somebody on the balance beam, what are they doing? They're constantly correcting. It's mm-hmm. not sustainable. Yeah. But instead, I believe that if we if we would seek harmony, if we would see harmony, you're going to find that peace because there's going to be times when this needs to be put over to the side because your kids really need you. And I don't care if it's reading the monster at the end of this book 10 times. If that's what they need, then serve their needs at that moment. That doesn't mean you're not going to ever do this again. It just means that right now you need to put it on hold. But one of and and bless and release it. You don't have to feel guilty. But if we're constantly putting our families on hold and telling them, oh, we're doing this for you, we may be saying the words, but our actions are speaking a lot louder. So one of the things that I did when I had kids at home and I had my own business, I could get so involved in what I was doing that I, I would almost forget that they were here. So we developed a system. So every 15 minutes, I worked in 15 minute blocks and every 15 mm-hmm. minutes, the timer would go off and I used like an oven timer. So it was really loud. Well, it only took a few days. And then they realized that once that timer came off, I would set it again for 15 minutes, but now I was theirs. Do I need mm-hmm. to do laundry or something like that? But if they wanted me to do this, if they wanted me to color with them and, and actually after spending 15 minutes one-on-one with them, just doing that, they got kind of bored with me and they were ready for me to go back. And (laughs) because they knew in another 15 minutes or they could come back. And Mm -hmm. so we set up little workstations so they could be there as well. And if they knew that if it was going to be quiet, if I had to have them quiet, then I would, I would make sure that, okay, this mom has to have it really quiet Mm -hmm. now. It's going to be on the phone. The buzzer is going to go off and I'll make sure that I'm off the phone. Can you guys do that for me, please? And 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 they just learned to adjust because they knew it was short time or short mm-hmm. time. So I think that, mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the, the hints that in order to avoid burnout, a lot of the burnout comes from guilt. And it's because we try and stretch ourselves too thin. Well, that just is, let's, let's not do that. Let's practice harmony instead and understand what's essential mm-hmm. versus what what we want to do. Because sometimes what's essential is more important. You, the dishes can the dishes can wait, but our mm-hmm. children can't always wait. You know, um, doing the laundry might be able to wait, but spending some quality time with our spouse, 
I can't even say it. Our spouse <laughs> uh, got, got them kind of mixed up. You know, is something different. You know, taking taking an afternoon and going and spending with you know family or out in nature or something like that can probably be one of the most productive things mm. a, woman, a woman does. But for some reason, we I, I don't know where we got this, but it's like we feel like we have to be everything to everybody, yep. and that nothing mm -hmm. left. And here's my friend. Here's my here's the, the truth, my friends. If you don't take care of yourself, there'll be nothing left. So when yep. I was traveling all over and talking smart, pretending like I was important, and let me tell you. Being a speaker is hard. When you're traveling all over, you're in airports, you're in airplanes, you're talking to strangers all the time, you're eating alone in a hotel mm -hmm. room. You know, you're always doing that. And then when you go to the event, if it's a two-day event, a three-day event, you have to be on the entire event and be visible. And it's exhausting. And then you come home and you're just whooped. And I wasn't taking care of myself. I didn't go down to the gym and run on the trip. I don't even run on the treadmill now. Most <laughs> of it, if our cows get out, we have to run after them. But, but it's, it, it, I think it's about understanding when to say when. Mm. And I knew that I needed to step away. I had evolved to a point where I had so many connections, so much business, so many opportunities because of what I had done those years, but I had evolved past that point. And I needed to give my myself permission to move on. Just, be, you know, what, what you're doing today isn't going to fix you in two years because mm -hmm. you're not things as a human being and if you try and keep yourself into that into that box you're going to be very uncomfortable and very sad but the truth you're the one who built the box mm -hmm. you either build a new box or build an addition it's all good but you have that control so give yourself permission give yourself grace to do that and then you're going to have the opportunity to embrace what's new and coming like yourself. There's, there's a quote I just love. Goals should be stars to steer by and not sticks to beat ourselves with. Yeah. And one of the greatest things, if you've got goals and you want to avoid burnout and you want the fastest track possible, you want that? Maybe? I'm going to share it anyway. Here's <laughs> I do. <laughs> I want you, I want you to, after we're done with this, I want you to write a letter to the universe. You can say, dear God, dear universe, dear Jesus, whatever, dear, whatever, whatever name, but we're, mm -hmm. I'm going to call it universe for all, all intents and purposes. Right. right. And I want you to write this letter in a way that it sounds like everything has already happened and talk about all segments of your life. So I open, my letter opens up with, I feel I am filled with joy, peace, happiness, and love. And I started that way because that's how I want to start every day. And then you go through when you start talking about the relationship you have with your family, maybe what you're doing with your job. Mine is because I'm old. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, my, mine in there is, well, you laugh, but yeah, <laughs> more kids in their 40s. Yeah, it's not like I'm some young kid. But, you know, like, like on the dairy farm, the only way we can retire from farming is if you start selling assets. Well, mm -hmm. then. And it's been his generation for four generations. Nobody wants it, but he's not going to sell it. And right. so I, I really, so what I started doing is I got into, I started wanting to learn more about 
cryptocurrency and forex market and all those things because anytime i'd ever invested with a stockbroker or a financial planner they made money but i never did and so i just thought i'm just going to put that in there so i i put that in my letter i talked about the house i wanted to live in where mm -hmm. we were vacationing the family mm -hmm. that we were having so i wrote this letter and i have it i don't know if you know evernote but i've got it in my I phone mm -hmm. and i put it in there and then i read that and for the first 30 days i read it every day well, within that first 30 days, my client list ended up exploding where I had a wait list of coaching clients. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And, and I'm not cheap. <laughs> and so, <laughs> wow. I mean, it was just, and it it's a came, blessing. It was, it was, yeah, amazing. it is. Amazing. The people that were coming to me were the people who actually really wanted to do it. They were doing the work, they were excited. We were in sync with values and everything like that. And then, and then after that, I started reading it every couple of days. Well, by the end of 60 days of doing this letter, all of a sudden, an op a couple of opportunities financially popped in. I just, mm -hmm. I don't know if it was because my antenna was up and I saw it, but I recognized it for what was. And and one of them was this person that I met a couple of years ago who reached out and said, Sue, I have to share this with you. You keep coming to my mind. I don't know why I need to tell you about it, but I need to. And he acted on that prompting and it was exactly what I had in my, in my letter. Mm -hmm. And so, so what happens is that if you want to have your business explode, if you want that promotion at work, if you're a stay-at-home mom and you're looking for other income avenues, that kind of thing, if you're even looking for a way, you know, having had five teenage girls, a way to have more love and patience and kindness and find joy in an angry teenage girl, then <laughs> um, maybe, you know, that could help you. But that's the one thing that I can pinpoint that if you want to avoid burnout and you want the fast track to the life you love, a life you deserve, and a life you dream of, that letter is the linchpin to it all. Mm. And then reading it, you know, every day for the first 30 days and then at least once a week after that. That letter is divine. Yeah. Divine purpose. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I like that. Did you ever think? or stop to think that, you know, based off of the letter that you wrote and, you know, your past and um, everything that you're juggling, you know, being a farmer and thing like that, did you ever feel like you were doing too much or you were all over the place? Once I did when I was speaking and I knew I needed an exit strategy. My marriage was in trouble because I was never here. My husband was left with all these kids. Can you imagine a guy with five teenage girls? And then, um, <laughs> yeah, no wonder we spent so much time outside. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, there were just all of these different things in my health. I wasn't taking care of myself. And so I was trying to figure out a strategy plan and um, God heard me. So he let me get sick. And it was adrenal. It was acute adrenal fatigue. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't like cancer or something, but it right. took about six months. So I sat in front of a wow. TV screen because I didn't have the energy to even turn on the remote. So I just sat there and stared at, at the TV screen, not moving, kind of like I was a stoner without the munchies. It was just bizarre. And then you turn around. Uh -huh. and I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I'm a little it. delayed on the joke, but it was funny. Yeah. Sorry. I, I had visualized it, my bad. I, 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 you said it, I was like, really? I, I, I was like, a stone without one cheese. 
That was a good one. I just don't understand myself. Okay. As, as, I was, as I was sitting there, I thought about, okay, what's what's my what's next? Because I didn't have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. And not doing anything, I couldn't go to just being a wife and a mom. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't fulfilling for me because it, it just wasn't who I ever was. And so I had to come up with something. And so as I thought about it, um, I know it was divine inspiration that said, what are the what are the top three questions you're asked most often that mm-hmm. you know a lot about, that you deemed an expert? And it was like, how do you speak to, how do you get speaking to the group? How do you make money from speaking? That that kind of a thing. And so, and that was before, you know, YouTube was so big and everything like that. Right. And so they were talking about on the stage. Well, I had I had really mastered speaking to a group of 40, turning it into six to eight thousand dollars within the next mm. three months because of an email sequence from a five hundred dollar offer. And I thought, okay, that's mm. what I need. That's what I need to put together. So that's what I needed to put together. I got, I filled my my list right away of clients, went through it, developed an online course once I took a bunch of people through it. So I knew what it was. Okay. And, and I think one of the things that I see a lot of women do is that we don't give ourselves credit for what we know and what we've accomplished. It's like we give everyone else credit, or if there was a certificate with our name on it from a, a an educational institution well, oh my gosh, then then I must have arrived. I must know something. But for those of us who were self-educated, I mean, I didn't go to college. I, I didn't go to college. I married a guy who said, if you don't marry me, who else is going to marry you? And I thought, well, that's probably true. Who else would marry me? This is probably my only chance to have kids and have happiness. Dumb story, but it's, it's true. And so I think that we need to, we need to just cut ourselves some slack. And recognize the way we're evolving. And if something no longer fits, that's okay. How do we move forward into what we're what we want and who we're becoming? Because that's how we inspire others. That's how we touch lives. That's how we impact lives. That's how we unleash the divinity within us and that inner celebrity so that we can mm-hmm. move forward. So, Sue, um, can you tell us about your books? Can you share about your books and and how we can promote you? Like, definitely let us know. Let them let, let the audience know. Well, I just said that I was self-educated. So I've gotten to share the stage, if you know any of these people, with Brian Tracy, um, Jack Canfield. Jack Canfield and I are actually in a book, along with a bunch of other people. We were at a book signing alone. In, and, and at one moment, we were alone in L.A. at this book signing. Nobody was there. And he looked at me and he goes, what do you want and how can I help you get it? And I was like, Bob, Bob. <laughs> and he says, well, you think of it, let me know. I never did because I was so mortified. I'd like how's he going to remember? But, you know, he probably would have known now that I know, but, you know, Bob Berg of the go-giver, Lisa Nichols, the secret, um, Janet Atwood, the passion test, um, Stephen M. R. Covey, speed of trust, Keith Ferrazzi, never eat alone, blah, blah, blah. So a whole bunch of them. So there's a few books. Um, this is one I wrote. It's the feel good sales method. And it's about how to talk to people without pitch slapping them. Okay. You like that? Okay. Yeah. Then, this, is the, this is the one that's the number one New York Times bestseller. 
Mm. And it's by Ida Meisner. I'm a contributing author. There were only a few of us, but it's also Brian Tracy, Tom Hopkins, Martha Stewart, Harvey McKay, Keith Ferrazzi, Jack Canfield, Tony Robbins, and all these other um, Oprah and stuff like that are in that book. That's amazing. And there are a few other books that, that I have been in that I don't even have here because I never pay any attention to them. But if you really, but what I would like is if you like, if, if, if you're a sassy woman who wants to embrace all the things that a sassy like that, <laughs> go to my website and sign up for my web or for my, um, but don't do it right now because it's not ready yet. But if you send me, <laughs> I'll get you on the list. Um, I got hacked, guys. I got hacked. And I'll tell you, where they were sending my stuff was not pretty and not where any. Oh, my goodness. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't, it wouldn't have been called the sassy broad. It would have been the mortified broad if you'd have looked at it. So, so, but, but I've got a newsletter that comes out, you know, and I have good information in there. And, and some of it, you know, I'm, I love makeup. So there's going to be makeup stuff in there. I'm not a make, I don't have a makeup drawer. I have a makeup dresser, but by next week, I'll probably have to graduate to a <laughs> and, and I can't sell the stuff because all those other brands would be missing my loyalty, you know? Right. <laughs> and everything from money to lifestyle to travel to all sorts of different things. So I would love it if you'd sign up. I promise you it will be entertaining if nothing else. Mm. Mm. That's good. Um, I have a question. Um, I have another question. It's pertaining to, uh, you said you have teens. Well, you had teens. And I have a teenager myself right now. She's 17. Can you speak on how, how to, if you can give some, any such suggestions on how they can, uh, to not, you know, how from work and juggling school to help them avoid any burnouts? On your teenager? Yeah, yes. I have a teenager, yes. Okay, so you're talking about your teenager dealing with burnout. Yeah, I think that one of the things that that we did was they could only be in one activity okay. at a time, and and we did that because they're kids, and they and we believe that they have a lifetime to okay. to do all this other. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so we would only have you know, and and where we live, our kids could actually start driving at fifteen. And so, you know, they, they had, you know, that we always made sure there were cars around so they could go to the school for the activities and things like that. But that was, so I think that, you know, my mom always said that God created teenagers so it'd be easier for us to untie the apron strings. And I think that our children, as they're getting jobs and trying to find it on their own, I think it's supporting them, but it's also sometimes giving them permission to kind of just crash and sit back that having a day where they're sloughing on the couch in their pajamas, eating crap, mm -hmm. watching Netflix. I mean, there's, they're, they're, you know, I mean, there's going to be times when they just, they need to fill their own cup. And mm -hmm. so if you feel like she's getting really stressed and stuff, what are some things she, that bring her joy that fill her with peace and comfort? Is it taking a walk in nature? Is it going for a drive? Is it, you know, going to a shelter where she can pet animals. I mean, I don't know, but, but where's that, where's that place where you can take her so that release valve okay. can put off that pressure? Because it sounds like she's putting the pressure on herself. You're not putting the pressure on her. Is that correct? Mm, yes. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so, it, so how can, in those little moments, 
how can you find it? One, one way that we used to find some of the, those moments to get them to laugh a little bit and, and just kind of chill was we would get out some old pictures. Mm -hmm. so, oh my gosh, you remember this? And then all of a sudden they come over and they say, oh yeah, I remember. And, and even if it's for five minutes before they're bored with us, it's enough where it still helps give them that break from what they're going to do next. Okay. Thank I you. like that. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and um, where does your inspiration come from, from all of this? Like, you know, when you're feeling overwhelmed or how did you come into coaching and, and to leadership besides that? I think that leadership is something you grow into. Mm -hmm. I was very, I was very blessed to have mentors who saw potential in me and they didn't micromanage me. They would give me a task and let me kind of figure it out. And did I do it wrong? Sure. A bunch of times. Did I learn from it? Absolutely. And then it improved from there. And, and I loved that they, they cared for me enough to give me that mm -hmm. opportunity. But the other thing is, is I've also hired coaches and I've hired coaches who made promises, but then they didn't deliver. And, okay. and I always decided that if I was ever going to coach, I was never going to be that kind of a coach that mm -hmm. I was going, it was going to be a short program and we were going to dig in, roll up our sleeves, get it done so that they were having results within the, by the end of the three months when we were, when we were done with the coaching program, because, because it's, it's not about, you know, I hated it when they would drag things on for a year and you'd only talk to them once a month, you mm -hmm. lose all that inertia and mm -hmm. speed. So we need to get mm -hmm. that going because that's how we develop those habits. Yeah. So I think it was just, my mom was an incredible leader and, although she was kind of a silent leader, but she was so strong in what she wanted to do and so determined. I never have had her um, discipline, but I learned a lot from her. But I think that the inspiration comes from instead of thinking, I can't do that, to how can I do that? How can mm -hmm. I make that happen? And I believe that if God like that. dream in your heart, He's going to give you the way to make it happen. You just have to be open and then we'll mm. jump on those opportunities when they come. Okay. All right. That's awesome. Thank you so much on that. Um, I just love, uh, I just loved how you said like when you're a leader, you know, you just basically grow into it. And of course you're going to make mistakes along the way. I like that. Thank you. Um, I will definitely take that. I would take that as heat to that as well. <laughs> I like that too. That was good. <laughs> you know you're a leader when other people follow you. Mm -hmm. It's not the title mm -hmm. you give yourself. Because you can call yourself a leader all day, but if nobody follows you, you're not a leader. You're leading. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> the, leader. <laughs> the other L. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to. You know, Sue said it, not me. Not me, guys. <laughs> Okay, well, back to uplifting. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, thank you. Uh, thank you, Sue, for um, for coming out and sharing um, your story, for educating us. And there is one question that we ask all our guest speakers. What makes you uncommon? 
Well, how many other women do you know that milk cows drive a tractor and has their husband say, see how lucky you are? You get to have a date with your husband every morning. <laughs> and the sense of humor. I love your sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. That is definitely different, but awesome. <laughs> um, well, thank you everyone for tuning in and thank you again, Sue, for coming on and sharing your story and educating us. Um, I want to speak on our clothes, everyone. Um, check out our apparel. We also have men's uh, apparel. You definitely got to check that out and other items. Uh, you can check it out on commonwomen.net. And if you have any topics, any guests, any potential guest speakers that want to come on or somebody that you know wants to come on, also go back to the website at www.uncommonwomen.net. Also, come check out our self-love seminar, lady. We're going to be having a powerful, encouraging, inspiring women that are going to speak on their testimonies, and there's going to be raffles and prizes, and uh, tickets are almost sold out. So there's only one week to purchase a ticket, and they're $15. And if you attend, you will be getting a special gift from us on Common Women. And next week's uh, episode will be recorded on the 20th. And she will be speaking on journaling and how to learn, how to learn love, how to learn to love herself through writing. And then also, before I end this, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. Like and subscribe and stay on comment. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you so much. <laughs>